Transition Radio from San Diego, exploring the world of change with you. Are you ready to take your life to a new level? Join transition coaches and best-selling authors Paula Shaw and Kendi Foster as they explore strategies to navigate changes in health, relationships, money, career, and so much more. Get the information and tools to make your life smoother, easier, and more productive. And now, your hosts, Paula Shaw and Kendi Foster. And welcome to Transition Radio. So glad to have you with us here today. We are being brought to you by Sherry Blair, your financial consultant. This is Paula Shaw here with my co-host, Ken D. Foster. And we have a very special show today about being a visionary. And our very special guest is Mariko Hirakawa, who you'll be hearing from in just a little bit. First, let's go ahead and kick off this show with a reading from your new book, Ken. Oh, thank you, Paula. And um, hello, listeners. It's great to be here today in San Diego. It's um, an amazing, uh, bright, sunny day, and um, spring is almost here. So today we're talking about being a visionary. So I'd like to read a little bit about uh, being a visionary for my new book. It's called The Courage to Change Everything. It's, uh, you can find it on the couragetochangeeverything.com. So I start out with a quote. The opposite of a courageous person isn't necessarily a coward, <clears throat> but a person that's lost their way. Inspiration is the path that leads to greatness. It is truly the wind beneath our wings of our successes. Wouldn't you agree that when you're inspired, magic happens? You have more creativity, more energy, more success. The opposite of inspiration is desperation. The desperate person sometimes do desperate things, which leads to hurting themselves and others. Remove the tar of desperation from your soul and sow the seeds of inspiration. It may not be an easy transition, but this is the only way you will leave the stagnation of past suffering and grow through to the sunshine of the Spirit. Today, I encourage you to ask, what inspires me the most? What can I do to inspire others? And what will get me out of bed inspired with a smile? And then come on up with uh, three additional questions on your own that will inspire you to take this week to a completely new level. All right. All right. So let's talk about visionaries. And, let's do that. And what it takes to be a visionary I feel like I was in the presence of visionaries this weekend because um, my daughter and I walked in the March for Our Lives, which was truly one of the most amazing experiences in my life. And where'd you do that, Paula? Down in Here San Diego? Here in, in Encinitas mm -hmm. in, at uh, Swami's Park is where 1,200 people gathered wow. right next to self-realization. It was right there in the, in the foreground. It was amazing. Um, but what was really inspiring to me was how many children were there and listening to the parents talking to their children while we were waiting for things to start and explaining to them why we were doing what we were doing. And I mean, I haven't had an experience like that since the 60s when we were marching against Vietnam and all of that. And to just see human beings gathered together for such a beautiful purpose, peacefully, you know, in a, in a spirit of camaraderie, but very serious about what what needs to change and and what was upsetting. But I think the 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 epitome of visionary to me are these kids. You know, and especially led by Emma Gonzalez, who at seventeen stood up, you know, and in, in front of thousands of people at the White House march and delivered one of the most powerful speeches I've ever heard. Yeah, it was powerful. I um, I listened to it also, and it was very moving. Um, you know, her heart was so, I could feel how her heart was broken and yet inspired mm -hmm. um, with that, that pain, the loss of her <clears throat> fellow stu students, you know, inspired her to uh, stop, stop this insanity mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, is going on in our country. In fact, I, I uh, saw that the... Uh, the March on Washington this week, they had uh, 800,000 people is what they estimated, mm -hmm. which was the largest March on Washington ever. 
Oh, wow. Ever. Wow. Never uh, uh, that big. So, you know, this isn't going away. No. People are, you know, talk about visionary. What is our vision of our future? You know, mm -hmm. How do we get there? Um, I think we get there by acknowledging the pain. That's an interesting perspective because certainly most visions of something better have come out of some kind of pain. And certainly, you know, what I think is exciting, though, and what gives me hope for the future is that, and my daughter put it so well, you know, like her generation, she's a millennial, they've tried to do a lot of things differently. But she said, you know, after the last elections and some of the things that have happened, there was sort of a, an energy of discouragement they were feeling. But these kids that, that organized this march, these kids are saying, we're fresh, we're ready, we believe, we can see a better way, and we're willing to fight for it. And it's great because it's inspired all of us, I think. I mean, I was blown away at how many baby boomers were at that march. And, and signs, Some, one woman, an older, older lady had a sign that said, now you've pissed off grandma. And you know, I thought, <laughs> yes, we all, all generations have to gather together to make this change. And I think these kids are restoring our visionary ability because sometimes we get jaded, we get tired, we get discouraged. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy envisioning something better, something different. And a lot of visionaries over time, you know, I see some of these names here, Walt Disney and Warren Buffett. And, you know, a lot of these people were told they weren't creative, they weren't talented, they couldn't do what they thought they really wanted to do. But the visionary has to be able to hold the belief in spite of what is being said to him or around him or her. You know, the, the visionary has to be one who can see things. What was that great line John Kennedy said? Some people um, look at things and ask why. No. Yes. What, how does that and go? Some people look at things and ask why. I look at things and ask why not. I, I look at things that never were. Never I just, were. That's it. Some people look at things not. that are and ask why. I look at things that never were and ask why not. That's it. That's like the statement of a visionary, the epitome of a visionary. It is, and uh, you know that uh, uh, it's easy, I think, for a lot of people to you know get on board with a vision, um, but it's not so easy for people to stay in tune with their visions. Mm -hmm. And true. you know, it's going to be a great test for our, our country right now. Can we really stay the vision? Can we get on the vision? What is the vision for a new America, uh, where uh, where we are safe in our schools, we are safe in our we go to see a concert. We're safe when we go to church, right? Um, what's that new vision? And, you know, how many people need to get on that vision and stay on that vision mm -hmm. so that this can really be a reality? And I, and I say that pain, that frustration, that anger that you feel inside, connect with that deeply. Connect with it. Get in touch with that because that is the force that will drive you to continue with your with your with your purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Get in touch with that purpose, right? And then we have to persist. Visionaries, I'll tell you, there's some qualities of visionaries that I've studied over the years. You know, they, um, first of all, they get passionate, right? They're, they're courageous, like we said, to go against the crowd, mm -hmm. okay? Um, they're willing to start small. Look at where those school children started mm -hmm. with like one interview, right? They started small, right? right? And, uh, but you know, they gain momentum because they're speaking the truth. They're putting something in the world they believe in. You feel their passion, you feel that love, yes. they feel their truth. And, um, and then what they do is they persist until they achieve. Mm -hmm. And that's where so many people get off the bandwagon. It feels good to go in, be entertained. Oh, I've right. never been there before, I've never seen something like this before. But you know, when all the news cameras go away, that's when the real visionary kicks in. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And, and these kids, I think they're not jaded. You know, they're hurt, they're wounded, they're grieving, but they're not jaded. They, they believe that they can. And I think I read this amazing article by Michael Tallon that was online, and he calls them magic. He said, these kids are magic. You know, they, they were born after 9-11. They've never known a world without terrorism. Mm. They've, they've been doing drills 
at ever school, since they've right? been at school. Mm-hmm. I mean, very different than it was when we went to school. Yeah, we, we hid under the desk for the uh, nuclear right. bombs to come. Yeah, that's true. Right. I guess there had always been some kind of drills that, you know, there's always some imminent danger. But these kids are, are bouncing back like, like they're superheroes, like they're video games, you know, like there's no, sorry, you can't. You know, there's no, oh, darn, the government's too big. How will we ever get a change? They're just making it happen. They're getting online. I was blown away that people marched in Rome, in London, I mean, all, all over the world taking the stand. It wasn't even their country's issue. Right. I just thought that was amazing. Right. Well, I, I, I love it. I love that our country is exploring that, and I love that we have a new uh, found purpose I will say this, those children are so inspiring, and all of us have that inside of us. We need to connect mm-hmm. with our own courage. We need to step back, step up and be, you know, back up those children. That's what yeah, I know. Absolutely. You know, be there for them. Be there with them. Find out how you can get involved because, you know, nobody wants to live in a violent society. Mm. Um, everybody wants to live in a place where we feel safe, we feel secure, we can send our children off to school and not worry about them. Who doesn't want that? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So the question is, what are we going to do about it? And that's where I believe when the can like I said, when the cameras go away, we got to step up, mm-hmm. you know, decide, you know, it, you don't have to support every movement. Find one movement that really opens your heart and start contributing. Exactly. Right? And I think, you know, your point of whatever you do, you have to be consistent with it. That's one of the points our our guest is going to be talking about because she is going to talk to us about yoga almost as a way of life. And you need to do that practice every day if you're going to really reap the biggest benefits from it. So I can't wait to hear what Mariko is going to share with us about um, visionary yoga. That's great. Okay. So we're going to learn about body, mind, soul, spirit, how to put it all together in our next segment. All right. We'll be right back. We'll be back with Transition Radio and your hosts, Paula Shaw and Candy Foster. Now, more than ever, it's important for women to understand why they need a financial strategy. Women tend to make less money than men, live longer, and face more financial challenges during retirement. Hi, I'm Sherry Blair. With evolving roles and increasing responsibilities, women are seeking out ways to become more knowledgeable about their finances. My life's work has been to empower women to make good financial decisions today to help ensure you have a bright future tomorrow. I'm here to help you learn more and to become more. Give me a call for your free no-obligation consultation or a second opinion at 619-997-0416. 619-997-0416. That's 619-997-0416. California license number 0B42369. Securities and services offered through HBEC, Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC. HBEC, Inc. and Michael J. Lucia and Associates are not affiliated. Would you like to help someone in need to move from poverty to prosperity? Stars of Courage, a 501c3 nonprofit, is looking for established life coaches with experience in education and career mentorship to build confidence and create clear paths to success. Join our team of experienced coaches in a wide variety of fields, equipped with warm hearts with a passion for lifting up those in need. Our Stars of Courage. Find out how you can make a difference at starsofcourage.org. That's starsofcourage.org. We're back with Transition Radio, exploring the world of change. And now, here's your hosts, Paula Shaw and Ken D. Foster. Welcome back to Transition Radio. We're having fun today, and we are about to introduce you to somebody very special. Mariko Hirakawa is an internationally known yoga Ayurveda expert and the founder of Visionary Yoga, a personal development company dedicated to accelerating the growth of businesses and business leaders through application of the practical, often hidden wisdom of yoga. She is working with executives in corporations such as Credit Suisse, Capital One, and many other financial firms in New York City. 
This beautiful lady is a former professional ballet dancer, and I'm telling you, I've never seen anybody so limber. <laughs> you got to go to her website and see what this woman can do. She's also an Ayurvedic physician trained in India for 10 years, and she's dedicated to positioning yoga as something far beyond fitness. She believes it's the ultimate technology for human consciousness evolution. So, welcome, Mariko. It's so exciting to have you with us. A total honor to be here, Paula. I'm dying to ask you, first of all, well, first of all, would you explain what, how do you define yoga? I mean, everybody knows it, I think, as that thing you do to stretch and get more and more limber, but you, you take it to a whole other level. So, how would you describe that to our listeners? Yes, um, you know, in my work, I really strive to bridge the traditional with the innovative, and so there's always a conversation, right? It's a living uh, tradition, so um, I like to honor the original spirit while contemporizing it for today's audience. And um, the classics say, you know, Bhagavad Gita, Yoga Sutras, all these Bibles of yoga, they define it like this. Um, yoga Sutra says yoga is the cessation of the thought waves of you know, it's, it's a cessation of the thought waves, which means getting in touch with that silence within, that silent witness within. And the Bhagavad Gita has several definitions, a couple of which says yoga is evenness of mind, and he's teaching his student Arjuna, right, and the battlefield of life is like he's facing his enemy, which are like his familiar, um, you know, clan that he grew up with, mm -hmm. uh, but he, now it's, they're his enemies, and he, uh, Lord Krishna also says yoga is skill in action. And I think, you know, these three definitions, um, because I think of yoga as, you know, stepping into life with awareness and really expanding that gap uh, between uh, stimulus and response. Right? If, if we're living reactively, we're not really in that re uh, yogic mode. Uh -huh. Yogis, you know, understand there is always choice, right? So, um, and, and acting in the most empowering way, acting in for the highest good of um, everyone involved, uh, that's the yogic way in my, um, in my way of um, understanding yoga. So in the Beautiful. Bhagavad Gita, there's the battle, uh, Kurushitra, of the pandas and the, uh, what's the other ones? Kauravas, yes. Yes, yes, okay. So, um, and really what they're talking about, of course, as you know, is the inner battle that we all go through in life. Um, you know, there's a lot of external factors in the country that we were just talking about a minute ago on the last segment, yes. right? Yes. How can we go within ourselves through yoga, through, through what you teach, to help us uh, stay motivated, let's say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think yoga is also about accessing your most resourceful state. Right? It's, it's learning to uh, say, okay, no matter what's happening outside, the source of reality is always, reality is created from inside out, and it's always keeping that in the foreground of your consciousness. So um, it's, yes, we're going through tumultuous times, and the external world seems to be throwing all these, uh, you know, disruptive technologies and uh, every day like huge waves of change is kind of hitting us on the shores of life. Um, but yogi actually is, is very grounded in, in, in that dynamic still point. So I think that's the tremendous gift of yoga is it gives you real security in um, awareness of yourself as the source. And um, that is something you need to cultivate on a daily, almost moment-to-moment -moment basis. But, uh, um, you know, it's great to see the physical yoga spread because I think it is also a great gateway for people to use their bodies, um, peel through the layers, and eventually they, they do realize after doing all those hatha yoga stretches, they reach that point of dynamic stillness. And then finally, the chattering of the mind stops, the reaching, grasping outside for ful fulfillment stops maybe even just for a few moments and we're able to you know, have a glimpse of what we truly are, which is consciousness and unlimited you know, consciousness. And um, I think the work of yoga is to help you get established in that, you know, to be able to hold that state of unlimited um, awareness and 
feel empowered that you can create your future from the space of possibility rather than from the conditioning of the past and the limitations of where you are now. That is so beautiful, Mariko. And I was going to ask you, so for the average person who is doing yoga as a physical practice, you know, trying to get greater flexibility and and strength. Um, So are you saying it's like it begins there and then somewhere in Shavasana or somewhere in the middle of one of the poses or something, they begin to experience that going within gap, that silence that kind of introduces you to those higher levels of yoga? I think, yes. Um, For me also, you know, physical yoga, hatha yoga, um, was a gateway. But I think what's happening now in the yoga world is the word yoga has come to mean that stretching and breathing, which is uh, really kind of a misunderstanding, right? But, but yoga is a, this vast b- wisdom body. It's, it's an entire path. Oh. Um, and Hatha Yoga is just one of, actually it's a sub-branch of the great system of yoga. So, you know, I feel responsible to kind of uh, translate that because I think there's a lot of confusion and when people say I practice yoga and then people say what kind of yoga do you practice and it's it's kind of a um, it can become a very convoluted conversation you know mm-hmm. it's like all these brand names of yogas are out there and <laughs> I respect them all um, but we also need to understand that yoga is like this it's it's like Christianity has so many so many uh, uh, you know branches and sects. Yoga is not a religion, but it it is a way of understanding um, what we are as human beings. It is a philosophy as well. It is um, it is a philosophy that puts its real premium on direct experience and the practical pra- practicalities of taking real action in the world. Um, and hatha yoga is a wonderful way of you know, experiencing, touching that deeper dimension through your body um, and using your body as a vehicle into that deeper place. So I think, yes, Hatha Yoga is um, such a window, a doorway for uh, many millions of people today to discover that there is um, that, you know, unlimited dimension to themselves, um, that there is something beyond the physical in this body and um, I, I do say, you know, instead of just rolling your mat up and just saying yoga is finished, I would encourage my students to say, okay, after you do Shavasana and you come up and you sit for a short meditation, this is the beginning of your real yoga, you know, yeah. the yoga of life, the yoga of relationship, the yoga of your business, the yoga of, you know, being you in the world is, is the much higher and more challenging yoga. So, um, you know, don't feel, you know, taking an Instagram shot of your yoga pose is the end of your yoga. (laughs) (laughs) And how do you 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 transform it into visionary yoga? Yeah, that's. I was yeah. going to ask you the same thing. You know, you you mentioned earlier in the conversation um, about uh, creating our life from the space of possibility instead yeah. of creating it from the past. So that ties right into Paula's question on visionary. How yeah. do we become yeah. that space? What is that space of all unlimited possibilities that visionaries tap into? So you know, when most people um, are asked about you know what what the life they want is. Um, first, you know, m- most people have a vague answer, um, and I find that uh, most people tend to project where they are or where they've been onto the future, and just assume that you know that's it. From from here forward is the only way to create their lives, and I think that visionaries um, have a completely different way of creating the future, which is they ask the question, you know, what if this and they also ask the question, "What would I love to have?" Instead of, um, you know, "What can I do? What's possible now?" And from here, what's possible in the future, which is more that conditioned way of thinking. I mean, I think it's important to be, you know, to to be realistic, but most people give that realistic side too much power, and mm. it it just allows them. It, it makes them limit their vision of the future. It. it, it kind of cuts that ceiling short before they even allow themselves the freedom to say, what would I love? And um, in my retreats, you know, this is just getting people out of the normal, plucking people out of their daily demands of life and being in a beautiful space 
And, you know, they've already realized the dream of going, going to this place. And then I feel, you know, people have much more, uh, they allow themselves more freedom to ask, you know, what would I love to have? You know, if age were not a limiter, if, you know, finances and time were not uh, a limiter, uh, what would I truly love to have? And, and that's an important question that I think we as adults have forgotten to ask. Um, and I think it's really important to we learn how to dream and imagine and fantasize. Uh, as Einstein says, you know, imagination is more important than knowledge. Um, I think in that context, knowledge means, you know, what you know, what you've been conditioned to know about the world. Um, he's saying, you know, take, take that off. Well, you know, you know I'd, like, I'd like to hear more about imagination is more important than knowledge. I want yeah. to understand what that means. And uh, we got to take a break, so we'll be right back. We'll be back with Transition Radio and your hosts, Paula Shaw and Candy Foster. Attention business owners. The feeling of being overwhelmed, stressed out, and facing difficult business challenges goes hand-in-hand with being an entrepreneur. But there are solutions, and it's time to explore the possibilities. You work hard as an entrepreneur. Give yourself the break you deserve. Ken D. Foster is the business coach for you. Ken has over 21 years of experience with leaders just like you who trust to share what is truly going on in their business and that thing called life. You're invited to set up a free confidential consultation with Ken. His wisdom, guided methods, and unique strategies will bring you to new heights and breakthrough obstacles. Visit KenDFoster.com to set up your free confidential consultation. It's time to achieve your dreams because you deserve a successful business and a balanced, happy life. Sound great? Find out how to make this happen. Visit KenDFoster.com. That's KenDFoster.com. KenDFoster.com. Is living in today's fast-paced world making you feel stressed and out of balance? Are anxiety, sleeplessness, depression, lack of focus, or weight gain robbing you of your relationship and your energy? If you're ready for change, you need to call Paula Shaw at Rebalancing You. Paula helps you identify and eliminate self-sabotaging thinking and behavior. Using a wide variety of mind-body techniques, she provides her clients with the most effective processes for their specific needs. To book a rebalancing session with Paula, call 858-480-9234. That's 858-480-9234. We're back with Transition Radio, exploring the world of change. And now, here's your hosts, Paula Shaw and Ken D. Foster. Well, welcome back to Transition Radio. And we are talking about yoga with uh, Mariko. And I uh, want to let everybody know this show is being brought to you by Sherry Blair, your financial consultant. Sherry is an amazing consultant. I know she works a lot with a lot of women in our city. And um, if you're all your financial needs, Sherry will meet those. So, Mariko, we were talking a little bit about uh, knowledge before information. Can we, uh, what does that but mean? But before we do, I would really like to read a quote from you, Mariko Hirakawa that I thought summed up so beautifully what you were just explaining in the last segment about how yoga is so much more than just a physical practice. So what you said was, yoga is far more than a workout. It's nothing short of an inner revolution. It's a profound perspective that allows you to be your most vibrant, effective, authentic self. When combined with Ayurveda, the ancient holistic medical system, yoga becomes a complete path for unfolding human potential. Wow, that's huge. And I know you actually really believe that, right, Mariko? I do. I I believe, you know, yoga is the oldest personal development system on the planet. And the way it's positioned now is that it's a fitness modality. And I really Mm -hmm. think it's a huge uh, impediment to... Uh, I'm not against, you know, the fitness dimension of it, but to say it is only fitness is truly limiting for yoga's potential. Um, it was, you know, prophesized that yoga would encircle the world. Actually, Paramahansa Yogananda's uh, Guru's Guru said this um, about 
I think late 1800, you know, that yoga will encircle the world and it will reunite, you know, and, and create a brotherhood of man and, um, mm-hmm. and just truly raise the vibratory frequency of this planet. And um, a lot of what we're seeing now, I think, is part of that revolution of people coming from inside and saying, hey, I believe in this, I stand for this. And, you know, now people feel that courage to speak out and um, stand up for higher truth. And that's a great thing. Speaking of higher truth, then, let's get back to knowledge and information. Can you tie that uh, together, what, uh, what you meant by that? Knowledge is I think uh, we were talking about, you know, how Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, imagination. I got imagination, it. yes. Okay. Um, well, you know, imagine, imagination is, uh, it comes from that space of wonder, you know, and knowledge um, almost is defined already. So, um, it said, you know, in the expert's mind, there are fewer choices, right? Uh, in the beginner's mind, there's limitless uh, possibility. In the expert's mind, there's few. So adopting that beginner's mind, and, and children, you know, have such imagination because they always have a beginner's attitude yeah. towards life. And, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons, you know, children bring so much life to wherever, you know, they are. So... Um, of course, we can't just be fantasizing, but um, in the visionary you know, retreats that I do, I teach adults to just uh, come from that space of possibility and use, reactivate, reawaken that inner visionary and allow themselves to imagine what they would love to have. And it, all these, yes. I'm sorry, I, I love what you're saying. Is that part of how you work with corporations, Mariko? Yes, in corporations, you know, it's, uh, it really depends on what the, you know, um, they have a specific place for me to come. But recently I did a um, vision setting uh, meditation for Verizon Wireless, and it was exactly that. It was perfect because it was their annual um, kind of review and, and vision forward kind of a meeting, and uh, I felt very honored to be the one to lead the meditation. And yes, uh, in many ways, it's really thinking from that space of, you know, beyond, beyond just, you know, the bottom line, uh, what's possible and, and just activating it. That question activates both sides of the brain, which, by the way, yoga also does, you know, right mm-hmm. hemisphere for visionary, mm-hmm. left hemisphere for that strategic linear thinking. And we need both brains, right? So the first step is to think from that space of possibility, from the space of silence, and then you know, once we really allow that inner visionary to do its thing and paint that picture in detail, then we can reverse engineer and use our strategic brain and uh, start, you know, reverse engineering, uh, okay, what steps, what milestones need to be hit if we're really going from here to there, you know, mm-hmm. and what are the milestones, what are the mini feats, and then invariably, you know, brings up our inner doubter, uh, the inner realist, <laughs> and then, you know, we have a process to deal with that, you know, mm-hmm. um, leaning into your fear, making, befriending your inner doubter, uh, just turning those paradigms around so you really become your true inner ally. Oh, I love you know that. that's uh, that's all. Everything you're describing there is also uh, what we would describe as a visionary, because a visionary looks at possibilities. They they think outside the box. They're not confined by one way of thinking or another. They're looking to put combinations together in their mind of things that have never been combined before. And a yeah. lot of this is yoga. A lot of this is really uh, from the way you describe it is connecting deeply. Uh, to that inner self. And, and by the way, I want to mention um, that your book, uh, uh, the, uh, the Yoga of Personal Development, can be had on Amazon. Is that correct? Absolutely. I'm so excited to gonna be giving birth to this book because uh, I just want to speak out for that dimension of yoga that is not commercialized yet. You know, it's, it's just, I feel, you know, now that yoga is so mainstream, um, I really feel people are ready to take it to the next level, which is not more advanced poses, but it's really, you know, the advanced yoga of living your yoga and um, using your inner resources and, uh, you know, stepping into that visionary dimension of yourself. How can you give our listeners maybe a few tips, Mariko? How do you bring yoga into your whole life? How do you live your yoga? 
Well, first, it's about decompartmentalizing, right? Because I feel that, you know, we tend to, you know, we say this is our work life, this is our personal life, mm-hmm. this is our yoga, and yoga is confined to a 60 or, if you're lucky, 90-minute class, mm-hmm. and then we roll up the mat and it's finished, and then we open our cell phone and it's yoga is finished, and <laughs> everything else has nothing to do with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I always uh, tell my students always to honor the transition point. This <laughs> is perfect because you're a radio station is called transition yoga there's so much power in the transition that we just don't tap into right so in the transition between you know yoga the physical yoga and life there is uh, all those things you do you know rolling up your mat getting your things just doing those things with awareness and when you step outside the studio or gym or wherever you do your practice it's like just see you know with heightened awareness um see that you're seeing things anew and carry that distinct touch with that still place that you you know that you touched in yoga don't just throw it all away in you know in just getting lost in your phone um and you know practice seeing that light that you had a glimpse of within in other people in the laughter of a child you know um just begin to shift your perception um, of seeing the sacred and the divine wherever you go and honoring that. Mm. And so because, you know, the word namaste that, you know, has almost become a cliche, the real meaning is the divine within me sees the divine within you and, um, you know, see God in each other. And that is, I think, we really need to practice that more and more. Well, it's, um, it's definitely a different way of looking at life than uh, most people do uh, around the world. And I would say that when you start looking at someone as sacred, and it's a sacred trust with, uh, with each other in your relationship, that's a different energy than looking at them and thinking uh, what's wrong with them or judging them or criticizing them or putting them down. I think that if we all had that in our relationships alone, it would, it would transcend things. Yes, it's so easy to lose that, but um, because the mind and the ego are very, very active and busy. But I think that's why we need something like yoga, you know, whether it's any other spiritual path, but something that comes along and turns those scattered, fragmented rays of your awareness that's always being, you know, pulled outwards and gathering them back in, and um, and then you know, looking out into the world anew with awareness that. You know, you are the creator of your reality. You know, it just occurred to me, Mariko, in a way, it's sort of like yoga is mindfulness meets stretching, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and strengthening. You know, we bring it all together in that discipline. And it's so beautiful the way you describe it. I I really see it in this expanded way now that I've been doing yoga for years and, and certainly have enjoyed the inner uh, core work that comes with it, but not seeing it in the same light. I'm seeing it now, thanks to you and thanks to the way you have described this. Um, yeah, and it's been life too, in a way. You know, we get stretched in life, right? And it's like uh, we have to kind of have a conversation with that inner edge, uh, the same way we do on the mat. I know you have life. a free gift for our audience today. You want to tell them a little bit about that and where they can get that, Mariko? Absolutely. Uh, it's my joy to uh, share with the world uh, this five-day course that I created. It's called the Five-Day Visionary uh, Yoga Challenge. And it's really connecting that practice you do on the mat with and, and really teaching you to carry that awareness. It's called Awareness in Motion as uh, the second title. But uh, you can get it at uh, www.visionaryyogachallenge.com. And it will take you through, every day is a new theme, um, physical theme as well as a a life theme. And uh, it'll help you shift your relationship to stress and, uh, you know, really learn to evolve through this physical practice into deeper awareness. I love that. And and I got your free workout, the 15-minute yoga practice. So I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you so much for an extraordinary um, segment with us. Uh, you've taught us so much and truly expanded my understanding for sure of yoga and how to bring it into life in a bigger way. Thank you so much, Marika. Thank you so much, Marika. Thank you for the inspiring work you bring to the world, and it's an honor to be here. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. Okay, we'll be right back. Take care. 
We'll be back with Transition Radio and your hosts, Paula Shaw and Candy Foster. How confident are you that you'll have enough money to retire when the time comes? Your financial future may be at risk and you don't even know it. Hi, I'm Sherry Blair, financial advisor, and helping you meet your financial goals is important to me. Let me help you make smarter financial decisions that will keep your money safe, growing, and there when you need it. Call me for your free no-obligation consultation or a second opinion, 619-997-0416. California license number 0B42369. Securities and services offered through HBEC Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. HBEC Inc. and Michael J. Lucia and Associates are not affiliated. There's a question many of us ask ourselves when we are grieving. When will this pain ever end? Life Transition Coach and Grief Recovery Specialist Paula Shaw wants you to know there is light at the end of the tunnel. In her new best-selling book, Paula gives you information and practical exercises you can use right away in your recovery process, including breathing methods, the emotional freedom technique, energy psychology work, and many other healing tools. Grief, When Will This Pain Ever End? Available now on Amazon.com. We're back with Transition Radio, exploring the world of change. And now, here's your hosts, Paula Shaw and Ken D. Foster. Well, welcome back to Transition Radio. This is Ken D. Foster, and my co-host is Paula Shaw. Today, we're talking about being a visionary and... Wow, it's been an incredible show, Paul. With, oh, uh, I yes. love Mar- what Mariko said about the yoga and taking us into that deep dive. Oh, I, I never realized yoga was, it's almost a way of life. It's a, it's a philosophy. It's, um, a, yeah, a way of being, looking at things, a way, a growth path uh, on a level I hadn't realized before. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've been studying mm-hmm. yoga for 20 plus years and it's such a deep dive. Um, you know, like uh, Mariko was saying, you know, on the surface, it seems like it's just Hatha yoga and some of the physical exercises, mm-hmm. but you know, all of that came from ancient scriptures that were written 5,000, uh, plus years ago. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, when we start to take those deep dives, I know me personally, when I, she was talking about possibilities and open up possibilities and thinking about what yoga has done in my life where I've gotten still because, you know, I have that mind that can be really critical, can be thinking about, you know, what's wrong with my life, what's wrong with my partner, what's wrong with my relationships. I can, I can go there. But every time I want to get into real possibility thinking that has generated all the results in my life, I take that deep dive into stillness. And, of course, I do that like you. We're, med- we're both meditators. We both meditate every day. Mm-hmm. And that stillness, for me, is where everything is generated. Yeah, I think that's so true. And and it kind of brings me back to something Mariko said about that Einstein said imagination is more valuable than knowledge. Oh, knowledge. And because and I love the way she explained it because knowledge is sort of stuff that's already there where imagination explores the world of possibility and I think that's critical to any kind of a visionary move. You have to be looking at what could be rather than what already is or what everybody already knows to be true. That's exactly right. And you know, there's another piece. You know, you always hear me say that we don't need more information. We need more wisdom, right? So the reason I I get we need more wisdom is it's that when we can still ourselves, when we get quiet our minds and even focus on a a piece of truth, a piece, something that uh, has a spiritual foundation behind it, that we can focus on that, Seems like in my life what happens is that when we study wisdom, wisdom combines with other pieces of wisdom, and that's where that visionary piece starts to unfold. Hmm. It's like it just starts to float into our minds. Um, it's kind of like when we're writing our books, right? You have a new book coming out. What's, what's the name I book? do, called Saying the Right Thing When You Don't Know What to Say. That's right. all about... Um, Helping people know really what to say and what to do and the mindset to be in when you're trying to communicate effectively with someone, especially someone who's in emotional pain. Right. And you've had a lot of experience in dealing with clients that have emotional pain, that are struggling, they're in their they're in that critical thinking. They just can't get out of it, mm-hmm. right? You know, they're mm-hmm. generating their life from the past. They're not in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um so it's that piece that, you know, when you're writing that book, 
it's like I would ask you, where does that wisdom flow? Where does that flow from? Because mm-hmm. I think that's really what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right? I I think well. <laughs> I think it comes from somewhere up there down into my cranium. There are many times I have read things I've written and gone, wow, that's really good. I don't remember even knowing that. And so, you know, you know, it was just kind of a channeling thing that happened in the moment that you wrote it. And I do believe that's, that's critical right now. We need to be bringing in higher knowledge because the, the problems that exist on planet earth we have to be coming to with something bigger than what is already here. Well, you know, I like what Mariko said. You know, she tapped into that place about our thoughts create a reality, right? Mm-hmm. So people might go, well, am I, I'm not creating all the gun violence in the world. No, you're not. Okay, there's collective karma, collective reality that we mm-hmm. all create together. But in the moment, it's that place where we tune in and we see, well, what is my world? How we? How am I outpicturing my beliefs or outpicturing in, in my world? How is mm-hmm. it impacting me for positive or negative, right? And so when you're talking about writing the book, um, it, when you're going down into that place, I know that you, like other authors like myself, we go to a deep place. We go to a soulful place. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, we write things and we look back and we go, wow, that's amazing. The other thing that happens for me when I write I get energized. I get inspired. I'm like, oh, my God. In fact, I don't even want to leave the writing space because mm-hmm. it's kind of like that still space that those words of wisdom are flowing through. At least I hope they are. Most of the time they are. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have to edit them because they're not, right? <laughs> but, yeah. but when they are flowing through, we're in that zone. Life is expansive. Mm-hmm. And time goes away. I mean, I can't remember how many times I've been sitting and writing and looked at the clock and it was like hours later and it seemed like I'd only been there a short time. Exactly. Yeah, you go into yeah. another dimension, I you, think. You do. So, and the reason we're even having this discussion with our listeners is because there's a place for all of us to really go into the possibilities of what is possible now, not only for our nation, but for our individual souls, for each one of us. What's possible to be able to take our lives, our businesses, our family ships, our, our families, our relationships, you know, really to a place where it's better than it's been. Yeah. Whatever that is for our listeners, whatever that is for us, Paula, it's just better than it's been. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, the, what stops us from doing that is that we don't want to go into the pain. We don't want to see. We want to blame or shame or critical, you know, be critical of others or ourselves worse, right? And, and we don't want to go, well, wait a second. This is a temporary moment in time. I need to feel my pain to make the change. I'm going to feel it, and then I know it's going to pass, and then that's where the visionary voices start to flow in mm. us again, right? Yeah, and that space of possibility. I think that's yeah. a really important point. Another one that Mariko brought up, that if we, if we stay more in that place of possibility, then we don't get so down with the circumstances of what is. Yeah. And that's critical. I mean, I know in the people that, that I work with who are going through life transitions, whether that has to do with a death or a divorce or health loss or whatever, you know, most of the time they come to me unable to really get into the space of possibility. Mm. They're stuck in They're that stuck. space of what is, and that's where the pain lives. I was watching a movie the other night, and it, um, it maybe I'll, I'll, I'll try to describe it. Uh, there were six Buddhist monks sitting around, and they were all, I don't know the name of the artwork that they're doing, but they're using the sand, and they're oh, creating the yeah. mandala. Yes, right? I've seen that. Have time. you seen that? And I they, actually have sand from one. And they, and they <laughs> spend hours or days <laughs> making these mandalas. <laughs> and then in the end, they, all, they, 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 they tear, tear it all down. Yeah. They, they they destroy it. Now, isn't that interesting about what we do in life, right? You know, it's when I watched that the other day, I thought, oh, there are areas in my life that are falling apart. But when they when they destroyed it, they didn't get all upset. They didn't worry about yeah. it. They didn't, you know, start blaming each other. How dare you, you know, mess that one up and put that there. What they did is they, they let it go. They loved it. They honored it. They took mm-hmm. swip all the sand up in a, and put it all in a little cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure what they did with the cup, 
But I think it's a great metaphor for our lives. The whole message we're stuck. The is whole message. that life is temporary, that everything is temporary. This too shall pass. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen this done. They had some monks that came here and spent days making this unbelievably gorgeous thing. And it only lives now in pictures because when it was done, they did exactly what you said. They just right. threw all the sand. And then we did get to have little vials of it because it was a really nice. fabulous energy, you know, really blessed, strong energy. Yeah. But there's a lot of truth in what they're doing. Give, all, give your all, create it as beautifully as you can now, but don't hold on to it. You know, don't, don't invest so much in it that you can't go forward. Exactly. You know, there's a philosophy that I like to subscribe to. I'm not perfect at it, but it's, um, it's this. It's that, um, the belief that I don't ever uh, get upset when something is taken from me or when I let it go. That I just let it go, right? I don't get upset. I just let it go. And like I said, I, I work on that because I, I think... You know, I started uh, where my path started. I, I would get upset when I lose a pencil. Okay, so that's where I started my path. <laughs> but <laughs> fortunately, I've come a little ways. But but I think we all, a lot of us have trouble letting go. Mm-hmm. And we're attached to what it, you know, it's it's not what it was that we, we have a hard time of letting go of, at least not me. I usually have a hard time of letting go of what I think it could have been. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard thing for me, mm-hmm. you know, because there's this when we're visionaries, like we're visioning all this amazing things that could be, but then all of a sudden something happens in our life, and we're called to let it go. Can we let that go without any remorse? Mm-hmm. And that that's a challenge for most people. I yeah, think. and I think if we are reluctant to let it go, if we cling to it, you know, we've all done it either in relationships or jobs. We've stayed too long or places. It always ends up being detrimental to us. It always ends up not being our friend, not being the thing we should have clung to. Yeah, exactly. But with conscious relationships, which is what we talk about here on this program, um, we can bring consciousness to that. And really what uh, Marika was talking about was the consciousness of the Bhagavad Gita, the consciousness of yoga. Mm -hmm. Yoga, um, from what I've studied, means union. Union with with God, union with uh, each other, you know, Mm -hmm. connection. And myself. Yeah, with ourselves, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. with our souls. And, um, you know, so when we, we look at our transitions, because that's what we're talking about, transitions. Mm-hmm. When we look at transitions in a positive way, knowing that this too shall pass. We'll move through it. It's going to be okay. Things start to open up for us. And we when we stop needing whatever it is we think we need and open our hands up again, Mm-hmm. we open up to receive greater gifts that are wa- waiting for us. Absolutely. And on that note, I think we are wrapping it up today and letting go of <laughs> this show. <laughs> this show. <laughs> so please follow us on multiple podcast platforms. We're here on KCBQ, AM 1170, The Answer, on Monday evenings at 7 o'clock. And where else are we? Well, transitionradioshow.com and, uh, you know, Alexa, just uh, yes, ask just Alexa, ask Alexa. To, uh, uh, for Transition Radio or Transition Radio Show. Teach Alexa how to find us. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon. 